You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. I love, love, love the book of Ephesians. It's probably my favorite New Testament book. Paul's epistle uh, that he wrote. Uh, the Holy Spirit led him to write. The reason why I love the book of Ephesians is because it begins to allow us to know several things. The first, it, it, like many of Paul's books, it's, it's chock full of, of good, solid, sound teaching doctrine is what we call that. But more than that, or alongside of that, I should say, because that is important, alongside of that, the book of Ephesians gives us a blueprint for the body of Christ and the authority that we've been given in the body of Christ and what exactly that means. And this morning I want to just talk to you about being filled, being full, growing in the fullness of the Lord. Why? Because this is what we're called to. It's very simple. No matter of your age or how long you've been walking with the Lord, God's command or His, His desire, I should say, for every one of us is to continue to grow, to grow into the fullness. And it's not a little thing. It's not like, hey, um, even though we grow one step at a time, it's not just a, a, a short-sighted thing. It's, a, it's an epically big, huge thing. And we have to begin to embrace that as God's sons and daughters. We have to begin to embrace that. And I think one of the disconnects that happens in my heart, maybe you can agree with this or not, is that sometimes we read the things in the Word of God where the language is huge. Where Paul or, or the Holy Spirit would, would begin to tell us that, you know, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. And when you read that, you, you, I mean, the words alone should jump off the page to us and begin to challenge us to begin to get out of our box. But sometimes there's a disconnect between us reading those things from the Word of God and then becoming a reality in our life. And I think for me, part of the issue is, and again, you may agree with this, is that there needs to be an expansion in my heart in order for that to happen. See, I've kind of made rooms, room for, for certain things, but in order to embrace the revelation that God desires when He talks about fullness, and we're going to see this in Ephesians chapter 1 in just a minute, Sometimes we need to add some rooms onto our heart. We need to add some room and expand our heart to be able to handle this. And so, first and foremost, I want our prayer to be that, that we begin as a, as a body to, to cry out to say, God, just begin to expand our heart. Begin to give us spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear. A heart that's ready to receive. As a matter of fact, when Paul speaks to the church in Ephesus, that's his prayer. I pray that you'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. And throughout Ephesians, he begins to encourage them in that truth that I pray that your eyes would be open, that your ears would hear, that your heart would receive the bigness of what's happening. Why? Because Paul understood in order for us to have a perspective of heaven, we needed, the church in Ephesus and us too, needed to have an expanded heart. We needed to make room for it. And I believe with all of my heart that sometimes why church loses its value, or, or not, maybe not church, that's not the right word, but sometimes our relationship gets stale or stagnant is because we have confined some of the truth about what we believe about God within our heart without allowing the Holy Spirit to expand it. And when God wants to break out of that mold or wants to do something different, we're not ready for it. It becomes confusing, and maybe we push God away, or maybe we don't understand and we push God away. 
And what we have to do is begin to change that. And I, I was, I'm really serious. The Lord has been just, just talking to me about this truth that if we don't contain a perspective of heaven, listen, we're not going to have a powerful life. The reality, the, the, the strong, strong, powerful reality is this, is that as a son or daughter of God, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, I don't care how you came in, you were scared of hell, your, your mama made you and you fell in love with Jesus, I don't care how it started, there is not any other way to live as a son or daughter of God to be happy, to be fulfilled, unless your perspective is stuck in heaven. Because as you try to take in and get revelation from heaven and your eyes are continually looking out this way to the pattern of the world, the world system, you are going to continually be disappointed. As a matter of fact, it's a statistical phenomenon right now that's happening amongst a generation is that they're seeing a disconnect between the church, really God, and where the life is, where the world is. But here's the reality of that is that it's not connected into a perspective of heaven. And maybe it's my responsibility and my fault as being a son of God not, that I haven't conducted my life in that reality and there has not been enough of a touch of heaven on earth. And so Ephesians 1 is all about this and there's no getting around it. There's no escaping the magnitude of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. I don't know any greater way to celebrate our freedom as we remember our country's freedom, then, then to be a truly free people, to be a people filled with the perspective of heaven, being filled up. All right. So here we see the promise in Ephesians 1, verse 3. Paul gets done greeting the church, and he goes and says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So, so God, through Jesus, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. So, we see this right off the bat. This is God's desire for us to be filled. To be filled up to the fullness. But this is what I love about what's happening here in Ephesians chapter 1 is that Paul begins to break this down and this understanding down, and it's important for us to hear. And maybe you've read this passage uh, a bunch. You've seen this so many times. I'm going to pull it up here on my phone. So if you're using your phone, you're fine. As he begins to lay out how this happens, how we come into this revelation of the fullness of heaven and why we have to stay in this place, and we need to begin to cherish the Word of God and allow it to become revelation to us. Why? Because God wants to expand our hearts. He wants to, I don't care if, if you have been on a roll and you are, feel like you are at a mountaintop, God wants to expand your heart. God wants to expand your heart. I, I, don't, I do not care how old you are. God wants to expand your heart to reach into another generation. I don't care how young you are. God wants to expand your heart to speak boldly the Word of God. I don't care. God wants to expand your heart. And we see this. There's three things that Jesus did to show us that God wanted us to live in fullness. And I want you to see this here. The first thing that Jesus did is that He chose you. He chose you. How many of you have ever been selected uh, last on a team? 
<laughs> Don't raise your head. <laughs> it's all right. Some of you get nervous, right? You go back to junior high and you're like, no, some of you were first picked. It doesn't matter. But being picked says something special, doesn't it? It means that there is something assigned for you. And Jesus chose you. He chose you in your most degraded state of being. He chose you. And in order for us to be filled up with the fullness of heaven, we have to understand that we weren't chose from the sideline. We were chose from the very depths of our unescapable sin is that he loved us to that place he chose us Ephesians 1 4 says this it tells us that God chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight there's a little bit of doctrine that's in here uh, in in the book of Ephesians in 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 1 verse 4 uh, verse 4 is that The Bible tells us something very powerful. That Jesus chose us, God chose us, before what? The foundation of the world. God chose you before sin. God chose you before sin. He saw the best in you before sin. Why is that important for you to know? Because some people have a misconception about the understanding of the magnitude of sin in their life. And Ephesians 1.4 debunks any bit of authority that past sin can ever hold onto your life. Because the scripture says this, that before sin ever entered in the world, Jesus Christ made a way through a sacrifice. He chose you. Sometimes all we see in our life is the truth of where we are in this current place, but God sees the reality of us from the very beginning, from original intent to the fullness, the completion of our life. My oldest child is going to the University of Houston. I'm so proud. I'm I'm a proud dad. I'm a cougar dad. That's what the Houston Cougars, right? All right. It's like this. This is the cougar thing right here, something like this, right? All right. So that means a couple of things. That means my daughter's going to get a good education, and I'm going to get to enjoy some football games. All right? All right? So that's wonderful, right? So my daughter, right now, I went and ate lunch with her the other day on Friday, and we were talking, and I'm like, Maddie, are you, are you nervous about anything? Nope. I'm like, oh, well, all right, go ahead, girl. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. We're talking about all that stuff. And right now, what she sees is her life exactly where it is, and the hope of the future that is in front of her. Can I tell you what I see? Some of you have been down this road. You know where I'm going, don't you? I'm going to try to do this without crying. As I see her... My wife told me in November of 1997 that she was pregnant with our first child. I see her on the day she was born. I see her with every hope and dream that I prayed to the Father for. 
Every desire that God ever gave me put in my heart that I prayed and said, God, let it be, let it be, let it be. I see her from that moment to the moment she started walking to the moment we took her and dropped her off at kindergarten to the moment she went and did her first day in junior high, the first day in high school, to the day she graduated, to the day I'm going to drop her butt off at college. What am I telling you? It's when the scripture says that God chose you. He didn't choose you just in this moment. He saw and he selected you because he saw the absolute best in you. He saw the full completion of who you are, the fullness of what you will ever be through Christ Jesus. And unlike an earthly father, he has the resource for you to fulfill everything that he has in store for you. And so when the scripture says that God chose you before the foundation of the world, it is not a small thing. It is not being picked off of the sidelines and saying, yay, I got a position. It is an understanding of fulfillment, of being full. And this is what the book of Ephesians teaches us, tells us. The second thing that he did, we see in Ephesians 1.5, is that he loved us. Not only did he choose you, but he chooses to love you. It says this, that he predestined us for adoption into sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to his, it says in love, he predestined us for adoption into sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to his pleasure and his will. He made you a son. He made you a daughter. But can I tell you something very important that maybe we overlook sometimes, a very simple but powerful truth, is that it makes him happy. It makes him happy to have you as a son or a daughter. See, because the Scripture tells us this, is that, and this is just proof for, for a foundation. Paul is setting, the Holy Spirit is setting this foundation of understanding why God's called us to be filled up, to be full, to come into a revelation, a perspective of heaven. He's saying, listen, you've been chosen for a reason. God saw something through heaven for you, right? He saw the best in you, a fulfillment of a life for you. And then it goes, he didn't just choose you, but he's loved you. He loved you because he wants you. Not only does he want you, but it makes him happy. That's what the scripture says, in accordance to his pleasure and his will. See, here's the thing, and, and I just want to attach this simple truth to this idea of being full and some of the roadblocks that maybe we possess and why we don't get full is because sometimes we don't tap into the pleasure of the Father. See, when, whenever we come into the presence of the Father and it's a duty, it's something that we do or something that we're afraid of or something that we feel like we got a one, two, three, we're set in order, but we never encounter the pleasure of the Father, we will not walk in the fullness of the perspective of heaven. See, because the Scripture tells us something. This is what Paul is saying. This is what the Holy Spirit is saying. He's driving home this thing. Listen, I want you to be filled with the fullness of God who's given you every spiritual blessing. He's poured out everything, and He proved it because He chose you. He chose you before there was sin. He chose you in the foundation of the world. He saw you before you were even a thought in your parents' eyes. He saw you. He knew you. He predestined you for something amazing, and He loves you. He loves you. Why? It is His pleasure and His will to love you. And you've got to approach him in this place. We have got to approach him in this place of understanding that it is his pleasure to love us. It's his pleasure to love us. 
The third thing that it says is this. Jesus showed us. All this is done through Jesus Christ. Is that he lets us know his heart. In Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, it says, He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into the effect when times reach your fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So not only did God choose us, and I understand these are simple things, but again, as the revelation in our heart, and we ask the Holy Spirit to expand our heart for this truth, they become powerful things to us. They become life-changing things to us. I can tell you right now, if you just simply take this revelation of being chose, chosen, being chosen and allow God to expand it in your heart, it's going to change your world. If you take the revelation that it's God's pleasure to love you, like He gets pleasure from loving you, it's going to change your life. But not only that, He didn't stop there, is that He begins to share His heart with us. And here the Scripture tells us that, that Christ, it would, would, He purposed in Christ to put in effect, to reach their fulfillment, to bring into unity the things in heaven and on, and on earth under Christ. What, all that's saying is this, is that God began to line up the will of heaven in the hearts of men and women who are in Him. No longer, and I want you to think about this from the terms of, of what's happening. We're, we're about... Uh, 30 years from 40 40 to 50 years from when Jesus came on the earth. When this is being written, okay? And so what's what's taking place is that the Holy Spirit is is pouring this out and they're walking in this understanding. But do you know that before Jesus came to the earth, there was 400 years of, of silence? And do you know that before that, that God spoke, spoke through prophets and men, men of God, and the closest he came to dwelling with men was through a, a tabernacle or a temple in and, and the holy place. And that when Jesus came, that he broke down that separation because, not because of God's heart, but because of our heart. And the real penalty of sin on the earth is not our destination to hell. Jesus covered that. He took care of that. That's simple. That was easy. He defeated that day one. It was dealt with. But the real penalty of sin on the earth is that we would be separated on this earth from the Father. And Jesus took care of that. That's part of the fullness. And this is what the Scripture is telling us here. Is that no longer is there anything hidden that's not revealed. But God desires. He chose you. He loves you. And He desires to reveal His heart to you every day. He wants you to be in unity with the things of heaven. He wants you to be in unity with heaven. He does not want you to be in unity with the thinking of this world. He does not want you to be in unity with the pattern of this world. He wants you to be in unity with the things of heaven. But can I tell you something? that We, we all want that, right? Isn't it that kind of at the basis of what we want when it comes to this idea of being filled? Like, we just want to know the details. We want to know the details. Just give me the details. Fill me in what's happening. Let me get it done. But see, God doesn't work that way with us. He draws us into the place of His presence so that we can encounter His pleasure. Why? Because when we understand the fullness of His love, and this is where it starts. When we understand the fullness of His love, 
then his heart for us becomes something that is filled with hope and filled with joy and filled with excitement. Some of you have been disenfranchised by prophetic words. You received a prophetic word at some point in your life and you said, wow, I know this is what God wants to do, but I don't feel connected to it. Can I suggest something to you? Begin to pursue the pleasure of God in your life. Begin to pursue intimacy with Jesus. Cultivate that because as you do, the fullness of God is going to open up to you and some of that stuff is going to begin to bring hope and bring life and begin to be birthed into something tangible. So, we see this, and then Paul goes down a little bit more into uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and he talks about three areas that we need to be filled up in, okay? Very, very simple, and if you're going to make any kind of notes this morning, this is where you want to start. So, there's three areas. The first is this, in our knowledge of Him. So God wants us to be filled up in our knowledge of Him. We're talking about being filled up, having the perspective of heaven. He wants us to be filled up in our knowledge of Him. Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking that our God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. That you may know Him better. You know, um, uh, I will have been married 20 years on March the 1st of 2017. And my wife, when I, my wife, I met her at Bible school. And uh, if you ever, <laughs> no, all right. Um, I met her at Bible school and we started dating six months and then we were engaged six months and then we got married. She was 18, 19 years old and I was 20, all right. So 20 years later, boom. Here we are. Now, I got to tell you something. I, um, when I saw my wife, I was like, uh, Kim, when I saw Kim, I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I can tell you the time, the very first time I saw her. True story. Uh, I'm not going to do it right now. And <laughs> she came down for, uh, <laughs> all right, you worked it out of me. <laughs> she came down to visit the school. And uh, she, she was uh, a senior in high school. And I was, uh, I'm a year older than her. It's hard to believe, isn't it? And uh, I was there, and I saw her. We all went out, and a big group of us, and I remember seeing her. So I saw her. In my heart, I got, got a you know, picture. I got, I got to you know, know like that. I was like, oh, man. And then things went down. She graduated. She decided to come to Bible school. And then I was like, oh, there's that girl. There's that very pretty girl. I like her a lot. And so my friend wanted to date her. So I said, oh, guys, you understand. You know, friend wanted it. No. So he, he tried to date her. Didn't, nothing happened. And then he failed. The second he failed, I jumped in. I snuck in. And I said, hey, uh, you know, you want to go see a movie? Yes. Boom. It was on from there. And so for six months, whew, I got to know her. And then we got engaged. In six months, I got to know her deeper. And then we got married, and I really got to know her. And then the first year, but you know what I didn't do? As I didn't stop at the, at the first year and go, okay, I've gotten to know everything there is about you, so I'm good. I'm going to stop getting to know you. 
No, I, I went five years, and I, like, I got to know her better, and I got to know her really well, and we had children together, and I got to see her uh, respond to different things, and I got to see her strengths, and I got to see these things, that goals and dreams, and all these things that, that we've come together as we built a family. And at five years, I stopped. I said, okay, I've gotten to know everything there is to know about you. We're good. No. You know what would happen if I, if I did that? Sixth year, seventh year, eighth year maybe, she wouldn't be Mrs. Sink anymore. See, here's the reality is, this is what the scripture is saying is this, is God is interested in you and wants your spirit to be made alive, that you would have the spirit the whiz of wisdom and revelation that is dealing with your spirit man, the part of you that is attracted to God, the part of you that responds to the voice of God, the part of you that responds to the love of God, so that you may know Him better. You know what that does is it qualifies every person here, day one or, or 40 years in, to begin to say, Holy Spirit, Open up my heart. Begin to expand my heart. Why? Because He wants to know you. He wants to know you. If you don't know Him, He wants to know you. He is passionately pursuing you. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, never said yes to Jesus, He is pursuing you. His goodness and His mercy is following you all the days of your life. He's pursuing you. He wants to know you. If you said yes to Jesus and put your faith in Him, He wants to know you more. If you've been walking with Jesus for 45 years, He wants to know you better. He wants to know you better. And the only way that we begin to have our lives filled up with the perspective of heaven is to keep that revelation fresh in our spirit that we would begin to walk in a place where our desire is to know him better. To know him better. And that's a prayer that we can pray. It's so simple right there. You say, well, how do you do that? Right there, this is what you pray. God, I want to know you better. I want to know your love better. I want to know who you are better. I want to know you better. You might not even know exactly what to know better about him. Just pray, I want to know you better. Begin to open up my heart. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Because it's not going to come to your mind. It's going to come to your spirit. Your spirit's going to be made alive with this truth. In every situation in your life, you want to know him better. That should be your foundational prayer. If you're walking through a storm right now, pray that you would know him better. Why? Because in the storm, the, the disciples saw Jesus in a storm, didn't they? We want to know him better. We want to know him better. This isn't complicated stuff. But the reality is, is that if we don't put this into our spiritual DNA, if we don't let this become who we are, then what, we won't have room for the fullness of God. As God desires to pour it out, we won't have room for it. God wants us to be filled up, number two, in our hope. In our hope. In Ephesians 1.18, it says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to, to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. God wants you to be fulfilled in hope. He wants you to be fulfilled in hope. And He does this through the hope of your calling. The hope of your calling. 
Every person here is called to something very special and very unique. It's not a cheesy statement. It is not a church statement. It is not a false statement. When God chose you in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world, He chose you with a purpose. He chose you with a calling. And the Scripture says here in verse 18 that this calling brings hope. See, can, can, I, can I tell you something here that's very unique to this passage? In verse 18, it says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart. But yet we see in verse 17 that God wants to give us, open up our spirit to wisdom and revelation. Can I tell you the difference? Many of you here understand this, but there's, there's different parts of who you are, the way God has caused you, made you up, and caused you to respond. And your spirit responds and, and is opened up to the Spirit of God. That's what Romans 8 tells us. That our spirit cries out to His Spirit that we are sons of God, daughters of God. And that's the Spirit that cries out, Abba, Father, that brings us into the revelation of adoption, that we've been chosen. But your heart is a different place in you. And God also created that, but it's the seat of your fulfillment. And this is why... Somebody who has not had their spirit reborn, has not become a new creation in Christ Jesus, that their heart is going to chase many, many things. Their heart is going to chase many things. They'll chase relationships. They'll chase money. They'll chase different pursuits. All these things in search of fulfillment. But here's what the Spirit of the Lord says. God says, I want you to be full. But the only way you're going to be full is first by having your spirit expanded so that your heart can be connected in to the hope of your calling, because when you have your calling, you have hope, and when you have hope, you have fulfillment. And so God locks us into that place and that understanding, that revelation of our calling, of the things that we've called to. And, and I don't want this word calling to be something that becomes a spiritual buzzword that we get kind of confused on, because your calling is closer to, the, to you than you realize. It may be right in front of you. It may be your children, it may be your workplace, it may be your marriage, it may be your community, it may be something specific about all of those things. Something that God has just imprinted on your heart that you can't shake. And you know what it is. You know what it is. It's that thing that gets you torqued when you see it and you just go, oh, God, I love that. It makes me, it breaks me, it does something to me. Can I tell you that that's a place you've been called to make a difference? That's something that God designed and put inside of you, and you need to pursue the love of the Father so that your heart can be full, so that you can get the answers of heaven, tie your perspective into heaven, so that you can know what He's called you to, so that you can do what He's called you to? Oh, I hope that makes sense to you. Because if we're talking about transformation in the world, that's the only way it's going to come. Justin, you come on up, man. And the last thing is this. And I already talked about this, so I'm not going to bang this drum too much. God wants us to be filled up in our understanding of our heavenly authority. He wants us to, to walk in a place where we cultivate this relationship, knowing better, uh, to, to be attached to the hope of our calling, to be fulfilled. Isn't it wonderful to know that God wants us to be fulfilled? He wants you to be happy. He doesn't want you to be miserable. He doesn't want you to be down in the mouth and gloomy. He wants your heart to be fulfilled. And that fulfillment comes through the hope of calling. But he also wants us to know that we have heavenly authority. And 
Ephesians 1, 19 through 23, it says, His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but in the one to come. And that God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be the head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. Here's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and this is the fullness that God wants us to walk in, to understand, is that as we pursue intimacy and we pursue our calling, that we've been given authority because we're in Christ Jesus. Don't put on your superhero cape and start blasting demons that aren't there. But you have to understand that there are things that, you know, uh, have been put in our path. And some of them, they're the path of the past, okay? So, so just hear me on this, please. Because this is why this scripture has been rewritten. And so, again, when Jesus came and went to the, the cross and rose again, he was seated at the highest place. He reordered, reordered the perspective of earth for us. So that no longer would the things that trapped us in our past or could potentially harm us in our future have any hold over us. And some of you need to hear that today because probably the ultimate thing. One of the highest priorities of a father is this, is to protect. Some of you, like Pastor Kim was saying, you go, you know, we cry and we say, good, good father, but, but you, you may have been wrestling with that thing that happened that, that caused you to doubt that because something hurts you. But as we attach into this place where God desires for us to be in the fullness of who He is, what we realize is this is that we're coming into the one that has seated us in a place of authority, and that authority for you is security. It's security for you to step out into the things God's called you to do. It's security for you to speak the words. Listen, if I can be so bold to say this, there's some prophetic things that need to be spoken out in families. Some of your families, dads, moms, need to be reordered by some prophetic things. You need to look at your kids and begin to declare prophetic things to them. Wherever it is. He's given us this authority. And, and what this does more than anything is it attaches our perspective firmly into the place of where the authority of Jesus Christ rests and that's in heaven. When Jesus taught us to pray, He, he said this, He said, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Part of what Jesus was saying was for the revelation of today. So that we understood that the kingdom of heaven is firmly fixed where Jesus is seated, but it firmly rests in you. The authority of heaven rests in you.
And when the authority of heaven rests in you, then the boldness of the Holy Spirit should come through you. It should come through you. I believe Jesus was saying that so that we begin to get an idea, just a deep revelation that if we cry out for the kingdom of heaven to come, then our next thing that we should declare is let us go. If I could say it this way, don't cry out, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, unless you say, God, I am willing to go where you're going to send me. Because Jesus firmly fixed the authority in heaven in every one of us so that we would be in the fullness of who he is so that it would go into the world. Why? Because it's for his glory. It's for his glory. Amen? Let's pray. Father, this morning as our nation prepares to celebrate uh, Independence Day, our independence, Father, I'm just reminded of Galatians 5, verse 1, that says, it is for freedom, it is for liberty that you set us free. No longer to be in bondage to the yoke of slavery. And Lord, let that be our declaration over our lives to be a truly free people, Lord God, as we begin to walk, Lord. Let our prayer change, Father, in our, in our mouth, in our heart. Lord, even as Paul prayed, Father, for the church in Ephesus, Lord God, let that be our prayer over ourselves, over our church. Lord God, that you would begin to fill us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord God. That you would begin to expand our spirit so that we would know, that we would know. Lord God, that you've called us to every spiritual blessing. Lord God, that you've put us in a place, Lord God, where you desire for your fullness to come and fill us. Father, this morning, Lord God, if we need to have a renewed perspective, Holy Spirit, come and begin to change our perspective so that we can line up with the perspective of heaven, that we can truly see, God, where you've placed us and where you've called us. Lord, the love that you've called us in, the hope of our calling, Father God, and the authority that you've given us. Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that you would begin to just Make hearts alive with the hope of the calling, Lord, every person here, that they begin to understand that you've called them into something special as a son, as a daughter. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, we just declare, Lord, your goodness. We declare your goodness, God. We declare your goodness over every person. We declare, Father God, your goodness in this house. Father God, as we just begin to take this journey with you, Lord God, as it becomes our prayer to know you better, Lord, would you just unfold your love to us in a deep way, in a way that we've never experienced before? Would you just remind us again that in your pleasure, you love us. In your pleasure, you chose us. In your pleasure, you've called us. Lord, let that revelation make every person alive here in the name of Jesus. If that's your prayer this morning. Just begin to make that the cry of your heart right where you are. God, expand my heart. I want to know you better. Expand my heart. I want to know you better. Fill us to the fullness with your goodness, with your power, with your love. Thank you, Jesus. We receive that. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, please?
Well, this morning as we close, thank you for being here today. I hope tomorrow you get to do something fun. Maybe you get to grill or swim or sleep in. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it's a joke. All right. Listen, I just declare the goodness of God over every one of you. His faithfulness, His presence, His love, His truth, His pleasure over every one of you. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful, truly wonderful Independence Day. We love you so much.